Welcome to the Turning Point Podcast. I am your host, Marita Espada. If you are already a fan of the podcast, thank you for your support and welcome back. If you're new to the podcast, I speak with top creators and entrepreneurs as we discuss business, creativity, mental health, and how those may interconnect with each other. Is mindset training something that you're able to apply to your life as a creator, entrepreneur, or just your personal lifestyle? My guest today will address this question and many others. Today's conversation is one for those who are looking to achieve more without feeling burnt out. Christian Straka has developed a unique approach to mindset training through applying evidence-based mindfulness techniques in sports. Christian has been practicing mindfulness for many years, is a unified mindfulness coach, a member of the Mindfulness Facilitation Program at UCLA's Mindfulness Awareness Research Center, at the Semmel Institute for Neuroscience and Human Behavior, and a member of the International Mindfulness Teachers Association. As a coach for pro athletes, Christian has deep expertise in professional tennis as a player on the international circuit, as well as a coach on all professional levels. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would follow, subscribe, share the podcast with a friend, and maybe even leave a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. And now, let's kick off the show. Hi, Christian. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I did want to kick off the episode learning a little bit about your journey, because I know that you used to be a tennis player and now you have a business around uh, mindfulness and helping athletes achieve uh, top performance and, and whatnot. So I wanted to to learn a little bit about your journey and how did you make that transition into that that kind of business? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, you know, it started obviously with um, me. I was playing since I was a little guy and then um, I was playing pretty well. But um, my, you know, my big weakness for sure, which I didn't realize at the time was definitely my ability to stay focused and my ability to deal with like challenges when I would get nervous, when I would um, feel really any kind of emotion, whether it was a pleasant one or an unpleasant one, that would just um, hijack my attention. And it could be that I started to be nervous because of the score, but it could also be that, you know, I saw somebody that I liked and I was excited about, and then I started paying attention to that rather to what I needed to be doing. So um, I was very easily um, distracted and had a very hard time returning my attention to kind of what mattered um, in respect to the abilities or uh, abilities that I didn't have. But on top of that, also, I didn't even have the intellectual understanding of what I needed to do. I didn't really know what it meant to actually be focused, to pay attention to something. For me, you know, my coaches did always tell me, you have to focus, you have to focus. And for me, that just meant, oh, telling me in my head, I was just repeating like a sentence, you have to stay focused, you have to stay focused. And like, just repeating that sentence already means you're not focused, <laughs> because yep. you're paying attention to the sentence rather than to what you need to be doing. But um, that is something I didn't know, didn't understand. Um, so it took a long time to kind of get to the point, And that was past me even being a player when I started to coach that I realized that um, most people that I work with have that same issue. 
they um, get distracted by challenges because they might not be doing as well as they would like or um, they're starting to be nervous or by you know an unlimited different amount of examples that they could be experiencing that all of them would have one thing in common they would not be relevant for their performance in that particular moment and once i started to see that i really even though i was not uh you know a trained uh, mental performance coach yet i kind of as almost any coach will do is like you have to pay attention you have to focus on this like you have to you know disregard that like try to be okay with like that you're not playing so well try to be okay with the opponent upsetting you and like i was starting to see that 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 is what is limiting all of these athletes that i was working with but um number one i didn't still have that skill myself really nor did i have a methodology and a systematic approach of sort of like how i could teach that to the athletes i just knew that's what they need to be able to right. do so once i realized that oh there's actually a way to develop this ability to be able to do the things that you know i wasn't able to do and all the athletes i'm coaching are not able to do with some exceptions of course some are able to do it some better some worse then from that point i decided that's all i want to do like i for myself like i want to develop those skills i don't want to be distracted if i don't want to be distracted right i yep. don't want to not have the ability to deal with um, anxiety and nervousness i want that skill so i put all of my time and energy into that and once i developed those skills and that took years, you know, I mean, we're talking about, you know, a process of, um, you know, a decade and longer to get to a point where I was like, wow, so now this is very different. Um, me being in the same situation that I used to be in, um, I can deal with that in a completely different way. I, re I had kind of the, um, the desire um, in me arose that I wanted to give and teach that skill to as many athletes as possible. And then I transitioned to, um, you know, becoming a mental performance coach um, for athletes. And I started my company where we're doing that so digitally. So, you know, a lot of people have access to it and so forth. This is, this is all fascinating to me. And, and I know it's going to be a good interview when I have too many questions and I don't know with which one to, to start. Um, and I, I wanted to start on when you were saying that your coaches were telling you to focus, focus, focus. And that was kind of doing the contrary to that. And I think we think of uh, maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, meditation and mindfulness. We used to think about this as being kind of like a hippie thing. And it's taking a turn maybe in the past 10 years or maybe even more than that into corporate companies, into sports. And I want to say that even longer than that, right? Because you had Michael Jordan and you had Kobe Bryant and you had all these other athletes that were practicing meditation and mindfulness to increase performance. And even now LeBron James is very much more about, I train my body, but I also train my, my mind. Um, when you say that you are a mental performance coach, is there a mindfulness kind of meditation a component to that training um, that you have incorporated with with your company and within the services the services that you provide to those athletes. Yes, that is the and core of everything. You know, that's really um, 
what everything is based on, everything that we do, every technique that um, we teach somebody, every technique that somebody learns is based on a certain set of skills. And these certain set of skills um, is really what mindfulness is. So um, what I'm doing just personally is I'm not talking too much about mindfulness or meditation for only one reason. Um, and that is because um, there's still a lot of people out there that once they hear the word meditation or mindfulness, they have exactly that opinion that you just shared. It's like, oh, it might be hippie or you know, another um, conclusion people have is, yeah, oh, meditation is sitting in silence and not thinking, you know, Correct. or sitting in a lotus position um, or meditation is, you know, feeling happy um, or meditation is um, visualizing something or meditation is doing a mantra. And what meditation really is, is just an umbrella term like sport. Mm -hmm. So you're just doing something with your mind. You're training it in some shape or form, but you really don't know like how, if somebody just, you know, if I would tell you, you know, I do sport, I do a lot of sport. And you'd be like, okay, but like, what do you actually do? <laughs> you know, I'm maybe not sitting in front of the computer writing, you know, you can exclude certain things, but you can't really say, ah, oh, that's what you're doing. I know what you're doing now. So it's the same with meditation. When somebody says I'm meditating, it doesn't tell you anything really. So um, then when you go and you narrow the field and you say somebody, I'm doing mindfulness meditation. Okay, now you have narrowed the field much more. You know that person is trying to use a certain set of skills intentionally and at the same time. And those skills are diff by different people. They're described in a different way, but they are all talking about the same thing. Some people don't even describe it as a set of skills. They just, just describe what it's like. So, you know, um, there's something called MBSR uh, that uh, was created by John Kabat-Zinn. So they're um, describing being mindful as um, present moment awareness, uh, intentionally paying attention to the present moment without... Uh, in an accepting way, like something in that field, right? Yes. It's basically like a sentence where they describe what's happening when you are being mindful. Um, so what we're doing is we're just saying the exact same thing, really, but um, we're saying it's three skills. And that's what those skills do. So the skills are concentration, clarity, and coolness. Um, and now we define those skills, because when I say concentration, a lot of people will have a certain take on what concentration is for them and it will might be very narrow so people might think concentration means i pay attention for one hour to one thing and that's it okay um, and that is concentration but it's a one little subcategory of concentration which should be uh, called sustained attention your ability to pay attention to something for an extended amount of time but there is executive attention, there is selective attention, there is um, executive attention. There, I, I might have said that. <laughs> yeah, um, so there is all these different kinds of um, attentional skills. So um, when you have to choose to pay attention to one thing among many things, when you have to pay attention to one thing and then you have to move your attention to another thing when you have to pay attention to one thing, even though there's distractions going on, when you have to pay attention to something for a very short time, so momentary attention. So all of that falls into concentration. And you can kind of um, summarize that by um, describing it as your ability to pay attention 
to whatever you want for any length of time, whether it's a second or an hour, whether it's something you can feel or see or hear, whether it's external, internal, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, whatever. There's no, you cannot exclude anything. You could pay attention to whatever, right? So that is concentration. Your ability to direct your attention there and your ability to keep your attention there. And then the next skill, clarity, is what people describe as being in the moment, present, a presence, awareness. Um, so that is your ability to track what you are experiencing and paying attention to in real time. Yes. So right now, you are directing your attention to me, let's say, and you are directing it to what you are hearing. Okay. So that you're using your concentration to keep directing it here. So you might in between um, our conversation when I'm talking and holding this monologue, you might notice how all of a sudden you're paying attention to something that you're thinking about. And then you notice that. And then in that moment, you return your attention back to what I'm saying, right? Because otherwise, even though you're listening, you're not um, really um, able to understand what I'm saying, because there's not enough attention on what I'm saying. So you returning your attention back to what I'm saying, that's your concentration. But then you noticing what I'm saying and whether my voice is louder or silent and you noticing details about what I'm saying, what you're hearing, that's clarity. Now you're tracking in real time what you are paying attention to. Okay? So that's the second skill. And then the third skill is coolness. We just uh, call it coolness, but you can call it acceptance, equanimity, openness. Um, so that is your ability to try to be equally open to pleasant and unpleasant experiences without trying to suppress or avoid things that are unpleasant and without trying to cling to things that are pleasant. So when you're being mindful, you are using those three skills at the same time intentionally. Right. And everybody has those skills, but most people that don't train this use those skills unintentionally, sporadically. So it just sort of happens, but you always direct your attention somewhere and you always sometimes try to be, you know, accepting of something and you always notice details about something, but it's, you know, it's sporadic and short lived. So those skills don't improve very much over time because you're not using them in a systematic way. And you're not using them simultaneously also necessarily. Just like when you're walking, running, um, most people that are um, physically capable of that um, and are not limited, um, you know, because of some uh, disability that they have, um, can walk and run without an issue. Mm -hmm. They've been doing it for many, many years and they're doing it a lot. And nonetheless, there's no way they could run a marathon. So in order to run a marathon, it's no problem, but you need to put in the time and the work. You need to systematically train. You need to train for a certain amount of hours um, every week, and you need to do it in a certain way. You can't just say, I'm going to run three hours this week. It doesn't matter how fast you run. It doesn't matter how far you run. Um, it doesn't matter the technique that you use while running. That's not the case. You need to do it in a systematic way. And if you do it systematically, and it's a good methodology, then you will actually be able to run a marathon from 
not being able to run maybe even five kilometers, all of a sudden you can run 42 kilometers after six months. No problem. With a systematic, um, consistent approach. And with the mental skills, with these three, three skills, it's exactly the same. You have them, you use them. They will not improve very much, no matter how old you get, how long you use them, until you start a systematic, consistent approach. But once you realize you had them all along, um, it's not like something new, you know, or spherical, spiritual that, you know, um, only some people use or need if they have a belief, then you're like, oh, this will help me in that situation. And I will be able to do um, this task better if I can pay attention for longer. And I will be able to do this better if I can pay attention when there's distractions going on and so forth. And once people start to make that connection, then um, a lot of times it creates intrinsic motivation, so to speak. They, they kind of want to start to improve those skills. We'll get back to our conversation in just a moment. But before we do, I want to give you all a few quick reminders. If you would like to view more free content relating to creativity, business, and mental clarity, and how this can help you as a creative and entrepreneur, visit maritaspada.com. I have an entire section with free resources that can help you along the way with planners and my monthly newsletter, The Mindful Minute. This episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is a platform where you can learn anything from photography, cooking, to design. It's the place to go leverage an existing skill or learn a new one. If you sign up with my link, you can receive two premium weeks free. All the links are in the description of the episode. With that said, back to the show. And and I agree with all of that. I, I'm a meditation coach and, and inside timer. And it was funny that oh, you nice. were talking... Awesome. Yes, you were talking about equanimity and I talk a lot about that and concentration and, and mental clarity. And I I like to explain it to people maybe in a way that they can understand it visually with something where it's like you may see a guitar, right? And a guitar is a musical instrument or you're going to be able to play it. But even though you put that guitar back on a stand, eventually that guitar is going to be need to be tuned in order for it to play that song properly you can still play the guitar if it's not tuned but obviously it's not going to make that beautiful music and play that song on key because it's not tuned and i'm like meditation is for me i meditate every day um i I try to twice a day if not at least once and for me is that i'm like tuning back that that guitar so that i'm don't have kind of like that mental fog. I can improve my my concentration because I suffer from ADHD. So that's the contrary. So I do have to work very hard on my concentration and the mental clarity and, and being able to, to hit that performance that I want on my day-to-day, whether you're an athlete or an entrepreneur or a creator, all those three things that you mentioned are very key to hit that, that performance that you want to hit. Um, so I couldn't agree more with, with everything that, that you said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, on point. <laughs> I wanted to, to ask you, in, in doing what you do with at least, have you, uh, have you all gathered data and studies of maybe an athlete that has not been uh, doing practicing mindfulness or, or any of the techniques that you shared versus after they start doing them and how their performance might change from before to to after yeah so i have worked with um many athletes now um you know one-on-one i have a lot of uh, athletes that i work with but also i 
work um, for Adidas as their mindset coach for Adidas runners. So there we've been working with a lot of athletes. And, and it always depends, of course, um, on how much time somebody will dedicate to practicing these skills and how consistently they will do it. But there is a lot of examples, but those are not scientifically peer-reviewed studies that I'm talking right now, right? Those are just basically firsthand um, uh, experiences that those people had that I was part of um, where I can myself perceive and also they report the differences of what it's like, you know, after one month, after two months, after three months to experience the same level of pain or discomfort during a run. And now they're able to do something that before they couldn't do because they're able to pay uh, attention to um, the pain and not have it um, not be debilitating to their performance anymore, for example, right? So they're experiencing the same degree of fatigue um, at the same point of time that they were before, but before the pain and the fatigue would result in them quitting and now it results in them not quitting anymore. So that is a very you know, uh, impactful um, result for an athlete once they're able to do that. On the other hand, however, there's also a good amount of um, scientific studies that are being conducted at the university, uh, at Cornell University, um, and also at the University of Arizona, that are all using this methodology, where they're highlighting these three skills in particular, and the uh, people that are learning um, the meditation techniques this is emphasized. Um, and there you can actually um, look at peer-reviewed studies and how beneficial um, it is for people. But it's not uh, sports-oriented yet when it comes to the uh, scientific um, studies. Yes, correct. And so you said that you work with athletes one-on-one. Um, it, do you have that? I guess that would be like a kind of a mentoring kind of um, service. Do you have any courses that they also can do to pair that um, kind of mentorship with? And are you expanding from from athletes? Is that something that you would like to do in the future? Because I really see um, for athletes, this is very important. And I think it's it's something like I mentioned before, I think it's kind of we're moving into that format of like, we need to be mentally fit and physically fit in order to perform. Um, but do you foresee maybe in the future for you to kind of expand that that as well in, in your business? Um, well, the first to the first question where whether I have a, a program that people mm -hmm. can do, even though I work with them individually is uh, yes. Um, it's called a uh, mind size program for athletes. And it's an eight week uh, program that you go through where you do have to study and you have to um, do exercises and practices and uh, listen to lectures. So it's a combination of those three things that, that lasts for eight weeks. And once you go through that program for eight weeks, um, the, what you will be able to do is you will be able to incorporate practicing and using these three skills in a way that benefits you the most. So it's not just like a general approach that you're learning. It's just, this is just how you use this technique and now practice this technique, but it goes um, to another uh, layer where it teaches you within those two months already to adapt using techniques in different situations and different moments. And it's very much focusing on incorporating 
these techniques into your life and into your workouts and into your sports rather having it as a separate add-on how a lot of you know um, meditation practices work because they're something we call formal practice and stillness so you sit down or you lie or you stand and then you now you dedicate 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 60 minutes once a day four times a day whatever it might be but you kind of take yourself out of life to practice these skills that obviously is very helpful but the mind size program um, has a different approach where we highlight the opposite we highlight incorporating these skills right from the get-go into whatever it is that you're doing for shorter bursts of time and then you also can add on formal practice and stillness of course and we teach you how to do that but if you have to kind of choose you do either micro hits in motion we call it so shorter periods of practice integrated into your activities or you do formal practice and stillness then we would say okay you do micro hits because it's a and i would definitely not say this is better or worse one or the other this is just oh somebody feels like i don't have the time to dedicate extra time to developing these skills then okay you don't have to dedicate extra time because you are now learning how to integrate it and once you have extra time um or you already had extra time, you just didn't realize it, then you can also add that, of course, to your program. Because at the end of the day, the more time you spend practicing these skills in a systematic way, the more benefits you will reap from them. And I think that's very powerful because I think usually when when someone's teaching mindfulness or, or any of this, um, basically they, they tell you to set some time aside from your day-to-day -day or your routine or whatever it is that you're doing. And so it becomes very powerful on, on that part, but then when you are on your day-to-day, -day, whatever it is that you're doing, specifically for, for athletes, because that's the example that we're using, how do I incorporate it where I don't feel like I'm taking away from my day-to-day, -day, which is training and, and becoming better at my craft? So how do I incorporate that in is, I think, something that is missing a lot in mindfulness, because we're usually like, well, go sit in the cushion or go do this. But then it's really hard to bring it in where you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, unfocused, um, not concentrated. So I really love that that, that you in the course have incorporated that because I think it's usually not very talked about. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why we created that uh, program. Uh, exactly for that reason, really, because it's not... Um, I can't say no that nobody has done that anywhere, but generally, traditionally, all the practices are based on you sit down or you know you just are still. You're not moving around too much. Maybe you do a walking meditation, but like it's still kind of that's not regular life. A walking meditation, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you um, practice it, and then you kind of hope for it to overlap into your life at one point and then eventually you learn you you get so skilled that now it might happen automatically a little bit you can incorporate like these skills and these abilities into certain situations but you still even people meditating for two years for five years for 10 years they don't really have a methodology a systematic approach where they can like, oh, in this situation, I can do that technique for this amount of time. Yes. I'm just standing there, you know, I'm standing at the uh, grocery store in line and um, I'm feeling a little stressed and now, oh, great, I can do this technique for the next two minutes. And you're just standing there and you're doing that. Um, or you are driving and 
you're doing a technique there and you need to learn certain techniques that are appropriate for the moment. So the whole mindset program is based on using these skills in a way that it improves your performance right now, not like hopefully in the future. That also happens because the more these skills improve, the more your performance will improve over time, but they are tailored to improve your performance already right here, right now. So even if you would be driving, you would be doing a technique that is tailored to driving. So driving yes. is not less safe. You, of course, would not close your eyes when you're driving. Mm -hmm. You, of course, would not all of a sudden start to pay attention to your breath only while driving. And now you maybe get so focused on your breath that you don't realize that somebody's breaking in front of you. Like yeah. that would not be a safe technique, for example. But if you make driving your object of concentration, And how that exactly works is a little bit, you know, more complex that would uh, take too much time now, then you can do that totally while driving or while running or while playing tennis or whatever it is that you're doing. You just need to learn how to do it. That's correct. That's right. And in, in learning more about you and your and your business, I um, was excited because I think in your team, you have uh, Chen Sin Yang. And yes. he he's one of my favorite meditation teachers. And he mm. also mentored uh, one of my favorite meditation teachers, Jeff Warren. Yes. So the two great people. So, you know, if, if people do sign up for this for this course or work with you, definitely in good hands that with, with yourself having so many years of experience and with uh, Chin Sen Yang, I, I really enjoy his his meditation senses. Yes. And even the, the, his talks are, are amazing. Yeah, he's, he's really amazing. good. Yes, he's an uh, amazing human being. Yes. And, and, you know, I love this conversation. It's fascinating. I could talk for, for hours, but in, in, in wrapping this up, I did want to ask you two, two questions that I asked my guests. And one of them is if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be and why? Any from, from history? Oh yeah. Dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> Rum does. How come? Hmm. Well, I mean, he just passed away in December. Um, I actually have a few uh, friends that uh, knew him and met him. And he's not the only one. I could have picked some others, but he's definitely one of those people uh, that I have, you know, learned from, have been very inspired by and um, have gotten to a point in their life with, you know, the gifts that they have been given. Um, combined with the time they have dedicated to getting inside and improving these mental skills and the love that um, that would be something very inspiring, interesting to me to be in the presence of a human being that has been able to get to the point where they are truly at any point in time able to not judge another human being in any way not get identified with the voice in their head and always just feel and direct compassion to the other person and themselves and everything around um, and you know everybody can do that to some degree or another and then there's just after a certain amount of time if you practice enough um, then it's going to it kind of swaps over and you kind of start to um, experience the impact of another human being in a different way because they 
have just kind of, you know, developed skills that just take very long time. Shinzen is definitely one of them also, but you know, since we already talked about him, I didn't mention him <laughs> and I did have dinner with him. So, um, yeah, beautiful, Ram beautiful. very special, beautiful, probably one of my favorite answers to that question. And the, the other one is what show documentary movie or book did you watch or read recently that you would recommend the to folks? Dawn wall, the Dawn, Dawn wall is unbelievable. It is mind blowing what the two guys really in it have um, gone through and experienced and accomplished uh, over many, many years. It's about uh, free climbers um, uh, is, yeah, it was very inspiring, very, uh, and very, very interesting. Adding that one to, to my definitely list. Inc- definitely recommend that it's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, definitely adding it to, to the list of Netflix. Yes. Yeah, I know the list probably long. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, I did want to provide you with a space to share uh, social media, websites, anything that, that you would like to share where people can find you and your work. Yes. So um, if... You know, everything that I just talked about, basically, um, if you want to know more about that, then you can find that on mindsizesports.com. And of course, also on my Instagram, straka.la is my um, Instagram name. And then I also work with Adidas, which is one of the most inspiring kind of teams I have ever been part of. There's so many people here in the US and globally that are have all the same goal in mind, which is helping other people and improving their lives through sport. And that is really what we are doing. We are now, I'm part of it for the fourth year now. There's some people even doing it a little longer and it is very special. So if you're, you know, if you're, uh, if you enjoy running in any capacity, definitely doesn't need to be professional in any way. Um, then check that out on adidas.com slash adidas runners. And, um, you know, you're going to be inspired by a lot of different individuals from around the world. Um, and yeah, I would say those are the three places for now and more to come, but not going to overload everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's beautiful. Um, thank you so much for, for being part of the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure speaking today. Yes, my all my pleasure. It was very nice being on here with you. And thank you for all the work you're doing. I think it's time for us to take responsibility for the environments we surround ourselves in and how we interact with them. We mention mindset in conversation all the time. But do we really know how to manage our mindset to harvest a positive and new way to see the world around us? To really enhance performance in our overall life. I will leave you with just one question today. What are you doing when you encounter an environment that might not be healthy for you? But for now, peace out. See you next time.